social really is about having that conversation with the audience. And I think that's what makes it really different and very exciting for me. Like you're actually speaking to real customers. You're engaging them in a conversation that's more than just pushing product to them. And that way you can actually extend your story further out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. I'm so excited to be here today because we have an amazing nomad on the podcast. She's also a friend of mine, and we spent so much time in Bali partying. <laughs> it was very, very yeah. good times. <laughs> Today's conversation is going to be a little bit more serious. We're going to talk about the life of a social media manager, of a nomadic social media manager. Welcome, Tiff, to the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be on. Sweet. So I would love to start before we go into like all the questions about social media marketing and doing that remotely. I'm curious, how long have you been nomading? Uh, technically about four and a half years, um, you know, have taken a bit of a sabbatical with <laughs> everything that went on over the past couple of years, but I'd like to think I'm still a nomad at heart. So yeah, it's been four to five years now. And what was your first nomad country that you went to? Bali, actually. So that place will always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, especially of that Nomad crew who has been doing this for a couple of years already. <laughs> exactly. Like there's just such a great community there. It's hard not to just want to join them to make friends. But then you're like, oh, this could actually be something and a way to live my life. So yeah, hard to leave that place not inspired. Definitely. And where are you talking from right now? Well, yes, I'm back in Sydney, Australia, like my hometown actually back at my parents' place right now while I try and find another rental. So when things started to kick off in 2020, um, I made the decision to come back and it's it's been good to, you know, regrow some rates here, but um, itching to get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So like I said in the introduction, today we're going to talk about the social media manager and we met each other mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, and you were sharing your vision about the business that you're running today. And I absolutely love what you're doing. So could you share with our audience, what is your business about? Yeah. So I run a social media agency called The Social Story, and we're helping purpose-driven brands share their impact. So I think particularly over the past couple of years, a lot of businesses have realized how important it is to put purpose over profit, whether that's in sustainability, diversity, inclusion, even just like mental health for their workers. But we were always kind of looking at that, um, either working with existing social enterprises or just purpose-driven brands, but now also just working with normal corporate brands to inform how they actually communicate and enforce these policies around inclusion and sustainability. Um, so yeah, we run everything for their social pages to communicate their business mission and also sell their products and services. But also a big mission of mine is to be able to empower people to actually understand how social works and how that can help them deliver their positive impact in um, a really meaningful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for that. And also for our audience, like on our website, we always say there are sort of three types of nomads. There is the remote mm. freelancer, 
There is the remote worker, so someone that is employed in in a company but conducts the work remotely. And then there's the remote entrepreneur. I Mm -hmm. think you started in like freelance, right? And then you build it your, uh, you build your exactly. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I did first go to Bali, I had no intentions of working remotely. I was just off to take a holiday, extended one at that, but kind of just started picking up freelance work because there was a lot of it around for social people. And then, so yeah, I was freelancing around. I even had contract remote jobs with remote companies for a little while, but as the freelancing profile kind of built and, you know, my name was getting out there, it just made more sense to become more of a business. And that way we could also put our mission forward and our values. Um, You know, I felt like as a freelancer, you're kind of inserting into someone's existing structure. But now as an agency, I have, you know, the autonomy to be able to consult a lot more and actually tell them how it's done, you know, put my strategy forward and the approach that I use for social with them. And it's also helped to grow our team as well. So um, the transition to the business was kind of practical in a lot of ways. But for me, the most beneficial thing has been actually able to build the brand around purpose and how we put that into social. All right. Sweet. I love that transition. And I think that clarifies a lot for people that are like in this digital social media world. Like what what is the difference then? If we would go back to, yeah, just like playing social media manager, what are things that you really like about that? Yeah. I mean, I worked in social for a lot of years, even before going remote. What I always found, even in the early years, is social isn't just advertising as it is as an industry and then putting it onto Facebook. Social really is about having that conversation with the audience. And I think that's what makes it really different and very exciting for me. Like, you're actually speaking to real customers. You're engaging them in a conversation that's more than just pushing product to them. And that way you can actually extend your story further out. You know, um, it's why our work has become so, you know, important right now is because when something happens in the news or something like that and brands need to respond, you know, that are a little bit more political, when you have a proper brand story and narrative and that, you know, connection to your audience, when you speak out about it, it's not a surprise or looking like you're just being performative and jumping in on a trend. So I really love that kind of back to forth concept with the audience that you're getting direct feedback, but you're also able to listen to them and have it inform your strategy. And also it just constantly changes. Like I don't even remember having to deal with any videos or reels or TikToks or anything like that even two years ago. And now that's, you know, the center point of our strategies. It is constantly changing. And so it really forces me to be adaptable and just be more critical about our work and how we can keep improving it. So yeah, it's, it's a constant challenge, but <laughs> keeps it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. And you mentioned things like uh, being adaptable. Um, it's dynamic, right? Mm. What are let's say four top skills that you need to have to be successful at your job? Yeah, I think one of the 
critical things, just critical thinking, to be honest. A lot of what we do, yes, it's based in marketing theory that's been there for years and years and years. But what makes it different is we have to adapt to what the current landscape is. You know, as much as the job can be just scrolling social a lot of the time, you're always doing it very actively to think like, you know, where is the opportunity here? You know, what is being seen here? Um, and also even like in what we put out. So a big thing that we do is, you know, these kind of content filters before we post anything is like, what is the message we're trying to give, but also how will it be received? So will it be culturally inappropriate to someone? Will it offend someone? Have we done this in the best way possible? I'll be rushing to it. All those sorts of things are considerations we need to have in everything that we do. So that level of analytical thought and just being like really active and present and not just going on autopilot, I think has been one of, you know, the most important like mm-hmm. soft skills. All and right. in terms of hard skills, I honestly don't believe there really are too many. You can learn anything and, you know, it is always changing. So that's why I'm like soft skills are the way to go. <laughs> All right. So let's say for, I don't know, there's people that are like, oh man, I want to work for TIFF. What skills are you looking at when you're going to interview someone? Um, It's great. I actually just wrote a position description yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there's kind of like three levels to it. Like the first thing is just like a passion for social. So there is a level of integration into social and knowing what is going on. Um, For me, the second thing is like the passion. Um, You know, I'm always trying to see how we can ensure that we're constantly improving things around diversity, inclusion and sustainability. And so, you know, someone who is motivated by purpose is really important to me because I think that feeds into the empathy of how we do our socials as well and not just doing it for profit, like really actually understanding how to tell that story. And then also attention to detail and like just really going for it because social moves so fast you just have to kind of always be looking out for what's happening. Well, funny enough is that I don't like social media and I really love what you say about that you you kind of need to like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a heavy user. So for me personally, doing social media for Digital Nomads Daily is something I find it very difficult. But yeah. I am very passionate about our audience that makes it very easy in a way. So the passion I understand because I'm I know who I'm talking to when when I'm posting. So exactly. And it can be really overwhelming. It can be really frustrating, but I think that's why I really want to make sure people understand the positives of it and how to use it in your life more positively. Like it doesn't mean you have to be on it 24/7. It's just about kind of, you know, making it work for you or yeah. your business, whatever you're doing. Cool. I'm also curious about some of the tools and software that you use daily or and your team as well, of course. So our team is completely remote. So we definitely communicate through Slack for Mm -hmm. one and Zoom when we need to, um, just to keep those lines of communication open and knowing that, you know, we don't work, you know, normal nine to five hours particularly when something comes up on social and you might just need to turn it around in an hour. That really helps us to make sure we coordinate and communicate. Um, The main tools for social though are around content creation. So 
Canva has been an absolute lifesand. We use Canva templates for basically everything. We have a scheduling tool that helps us pre-plan all our content and have it just roll out for us. I'm currently using one that also has a lot of analytics um, and social listening so that I'm constantly like able to track brand mentions and just things that are happening in the ether of our audiences so that we're constantly up to date. Trello as a project management tool and a content calendar feed and everything. It's really collaborative, very visual. Yeah. Do love that. that. Those are our main ones. But then with social, there is still a lot we have to do off our phones and things like that. Particularly with Instagram, a lot of the posting still happens quite manually, even when it's scheduled, then it just sends you a notification and then you have to post in the middle of the night. But that that is changing and I've seen it change over the past seven years. Uh, and um, there's other like editing tools and stuff we use every now and then, but those are our main ones. Sweet. I think that will give our audience a pretty good idea on what they can use. And also like in terms of like scheduling tools, there are so many scheduling tools Mm. out there. Yeah. That's one of the most common questions I get is like which scheduling tool I need. And really it is down to the client. So Mm -hmm. we like even currently I'm using about four different scheduling tools for different clients because they have different needs and like, you know, what platforms they're on and, you know, what sort of content they're putting out as well. So it is about really picking and choosing based on what you're doing and also the workflow of your team. Okay, sweet. And then another question that I have, which is more about like clients, mm-hmm. you have a very clear idea on on what type of companies or, or clients you would work with, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you find your clients? Could you talk a little bit about that? And maybe also from not just how it is today, but what the difference is between when you started out and then where you are today? Yeah, I mean, that has been a journey. Definitely when I was starting out, I was just doing everything and anything. And I think it also came down to, I was always a generalist with social. I knew a lot of different parts and being in agency, you're kind of just like, in the churn and in the machine. But when you're kind of starting out as a freelancer, like you have to kind of, whilst still doing everything, also really trying to market yourself as well, like and just differentiate in the market when there are so many social media managers out there. So it was a bit of like just trying to find whatever fit my skill set at the beginning. But how we've kind of developed now is... One is being really obvious about our approach and our mission. I make it no secret that I'm not here to growth hack or just churn out content for content's sake. We have a very specific mission and that already kind of filters out a lot of people. And then a lot of it was down to networking. So some of our first clients came through my previous agency contacts and I still work with them. So it's like my old manager has... You know, even overflow work or consultancy work they need for their agency. And so we slip into that. Or, you know, they have clients that don't need all the bells and whistles of one of the bigger agencies here in Sydney, but, you know, still want that same approach. And that's what we can offer. 
But then also as I was building my network in the remote world, particularly through co-working spaces, for sure, you know, we started building a name for ourselves and what we do. And nowadays it's become all through referrals. So it was a little bit of like a mixture of the networking, the branding, and then just keeping your networks alive. But yeah, at the beginning in freelance work, a lot of job boards, a lot of Facebook groups particularly, and just putting yourself out there, being really clear on what you can offer. Yeah, that, that that's also something that in the beginning, it might be more a bit of everything. And then I love what you said also about filtering out instead of including everyone. Mm. It's more like who do you don't want to per se work with or who doesn't match your skill set values, like all these things. And um, when we're looking at this, what would you say would be the biggest challenge to, to be really successful at your, at your job or in your business? One of the biggest challenges I'd say is burnout, to be honest. Yeah, it's really hard to turn off, both in social and as a small business owner. I actually like revel in the times when I'm able to be completely offline and shut off and not use social. I think that's that's a major thing is just kind of being really sustainable with it. The second really big challenge is also just the that people don't understand it. I think there is still a level of like people just don't know what this job entails and like, you know, all the things that happen behind each tweet. You know, I hate this trope that everyone's going like, oh, the social media intern must have done it. And it's like, hell no. <laughs> like there is no way an intern would have been allowed to do that because there are so many levels of approvals and just bureaucracy and just planning that goes into a lot of what we do as social media managers. On a quick side note to that as well, why I find that as one of the biggest challenges is also in that thing of like when you message a brand to complain about something and, you know, shout profanities about them, it is usually me sitting on the other side reading your comments and getting told to fuck off. But there's only so much I can do as well. I just think that dehumanization of social media, particularly with brand accounts, actually, is really toxic, actually. And then that also comes back to that burnout. Social media can be a really toxic place and, you know, really hard to set boundaries with. And also, you know, people really need to understand what a role of a social media manager is and, you know, treat it with more respect. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think in essence... People would be nice to me. (laughs) When online, we're still talking to humans. Just because it's a screen doesn't mean that there's no feelings on the other side of the screen. Like, it's it's really hard to... uh, Exactly. You see how also in Facebook groups in the nomad community, like people are so harsh at times. I'm like, there's a human receiving all of this. And it's not nice if people talk this way like just be freaking kind yeah what's wrong <laughs> the amount of positivity that could happen or just negativity that wouldn't happen if people just took a breath take yeah. a walk before they post a comment like it's just too easy yeah exactly well I think we can have a whole podcast about that <laughs> 
Oh yeah, yeah. I could go on forever about that. <laughs> <laughs> so let let's go into uh, another question, which is a little bit more light, but uh, definitely mm-hmm. interesting for people. This is such a shit question. I'm basically asking how much money do you make? But <laughs> unlike a good month, how does a good month look like? And we have to think about this. You are in Australia, so we have Australian dollars. Yes. Our audience is mostly in yeah. the US and Europe. So let's yeah. try to convert to USD. You can say your numbers and then I will convert. Oh, you're amazing. Um, yes, so we work on a monthly retainer basis. So everything we do rolls over every month. So per client, we're charging about 2000 Australian dollars per month. Today, it's uh, 1516 <laughs> Oh, God. So... And then it's what depressing. was, just for like, for, let's say you're a freelancer, because why, why we're mm. asking this question is not to be like sexy, like, oh, I make six figures. It's more because a lot of people think that certain jobs or even this nomad lifestyle, it's like, oh, easy money. Or, oh, if I just do this job, I make a ton of money. And I, I, we would like to give a little bit more perspective on like, okay, in this job as a freelancer, if you can take up, let's say, four clients or two, like what what would be not so good month and what would be then like a really good month? I would definitely suggest if you're freelancing in social to make sure you lock in at least three to six month contracts Mm because there's nothing worse than project work in that, which I did a lot of because it also became a lot harder to manage that like some months I did have 10 projects but you can paste them out and they were all about maybe $800 per project or something like that but that's kind of where I started at and then um if yeah if you're able to move towards a monthly retainer kind of costing um and just have more predictable work that would be great because it does help you forecast and budget a lot better could you know get up to 5k a month just through projects and consulting and things like that. And then on the low months, you know, maybe a thousand. Okay. I think that that's, that gives that good insights. And I love what you say about the the contracts. Um, one of the like personal mm. experiences that I have in Bali, what, what it stressed me out so much was doing like short projects and then switching clients, switching communication, switching time zones, switching even work like it yeah. was such it was so hard and it 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 really m- didn't make me like uh, like a good person i i didn't get better in my no. work i think the more you can kind of long term plan and actually have a bit of sustainability with some clients and then take on projects as they come by is always really beneficial you know social takes a while to work and so I would always mandate that, you know, we spend a couple months with a client before um, we do anything else because, you know, if you want to see results, we, we've got to give it some time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. So lots of tips. I love it. And also thank you so much for, for just being so, you know, upfront with everything. This is why we pick our guests, right? Because it, it's good to be just honest. Plenty to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, I would really love to have like we have so many tips already but still huh? we can always ask for another one if there is one thing that that you wish you knew before you started this this whole online entrepreneurship journey what would that be so many come to mind one piece of advice is just kind of 
really knowing why you want to do it. Um, you know, it kind of comes back again to, you know, whether you just love social and want to be in it or just think it's the easy way to make money. Like none of this is going to be easy, um, whether in social or as a digital nomad, just really understand why you're doing it, how it's filling your cup and then lead by that. Essentially know your purpose. Um, you know, I think that will, that will lead you everywhere and really keep you motivated as well, particularly when times get tough. So yeah, just, just know your why. <laughs> know your why. I think that is a beautiful way to, uh, to end this episode with. And thanks so much for joining. For everyone who tuned in today, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope this was helpful. If you go to our website, which is digitalnomadsdaily.com, we have a ton of articles. We have a lot of conversations posted there that we have with our nomads about um, just like daily stuff in the lifestyle, about remote jobs. And we're sending out a weekly newsletter where we also share some tips. And if you want to subscribe to that, just go to digitalnomadsdaily.com forward slash newsletter. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, before we forget, where can people find you online? Oh, yes. Um, so our <laughs> website is thesocialstory.co. It is co.com. Um, and across socials, we are the social story co. So can right. find all of our things there. All right. We're going to add it into the show notes so everyone can easily click on it. And yeah, Div, thank you so much for joining. I really enjoyed our conversation. No, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's always great to chat and uh, love what you're doing. <laughs>